Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan. Welcome to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers. Always in the company of two top comedians. They don't get better than Josh Howey and Dana Alexander, uh, both looking fit and fresh and well. Thank you. But... Uh, a bit brisk out there today, but there's a heat wave coming. Are you ready? I was quite warm outside when I was out there. Found it warm? I did. Yeah. Deodorant. Well, you're from Canada, so, I mean, it's, like, tropical at the moment. Let's no wind. It was... Well, well, check the temperature. Just being explaining <laughs> the crankies to her. That's yes. a big deal, mate. Yeah, that's, that's, those are some major league guests you got we, there. We could use the whole of this show explaining to you, Dana, who the Crankies are. Let's do it. Uh, basically, just... showbiz royalty. I would say so. And I was explaining also that that moment you find out that it's a, it's a she and she's an adult and they're married is like the loss of innocence of childhood. Well, she, it is a bit. It's like your mind totally blown apart. It's like Webster. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's like when you find out the relationship between Darth Vader and... Luke yeah, Skywalker, it's just like, which I, I won't reveal, but no. it was up there. And how is it? How did you discover that Jeanette Cranky was a woman? I think someone like told me in the playground. I was like, "Oh, you're such a liar! What are you talking about? What a stupid thing to say!" And then I might have like asked my parents or something, and they were like, "Here you go, got something to tell you, son." And there began a life of misgendering. Um, well, look, that's the Crankies. We've got so many good stories to get through in the next hour, so let's get cracking. Here are your front pages, and let's start with the Daily Mail. Police let 22,000 suspects roam free. More than 22,000 crime suspects are on the loose after failing to appear in court. This according to the Daily Mail. Fugitives accused of assault, rape and even murder remain at large, sometimes decades after their alleged offences. Um, following these uh, awful accusations, um, officers uh, have been said to be too busy to arrest them. Shocking stuff. Let's go to The Telegraph next, shall we, Jake? Um, yeah, we've got the PM facing cabinet backlash over Pincher. Uh, ministers express anger at being asked to defend the government over the latest sleaze crisis. Norrie keeps the flag flying for Britain. This is, of course, a good news tennis story in relation to Wimbledon. And uh, ministers won't back bid for fertiliser plant. This in relation to making Britain more food independent. Next up, The Guardian revealed children of lone parents hardest hit by the era of Tory austerity. Half of the 3.1 million children of UK single parents now in poverty, according to new figures. It's no surprise after the effects of years of benefit cuts, says Alison Garnham of the Child Poverty Action Group. PM accused of failure to heed abuse warnings in relation to Chris Pincher, the former deputy chief whip. Legendary director Peter Brook dies and several killed in a Denmark gun attack. We'll bring you reaction to that from my guests very shortly. The Mirror next. PM under fire over Pincher. You don't know what decent is. Labour demands Johnson explains why he gave key job to Grope Tory. Daily Express next. Record four-month wait to buy a house. Buyers are having to wait four months as a broken system paralyses the housing market. And here's a question. 
Does anything in this country still work? Hosepipe ban fears with 95 degree Fahrenheit heat wave on the way. The Sun now, this is an awful story. Cliff horror in Turkey. Uh, Tawi stars death smash. A horrifying crash involving Tawi stars uh, Yasmin Olahelu seriously hurt uh, in that accident and her boyfriend, Jake McLean, killed. Their car careered off a cliff in Bodrum in Turkey yesterday. A devastating, tragic story. The Metro next. Flipping miracle. A brilliant and remarkable arresting photograph of um, a particular car driven by Zhu uh, Ganyu, which uh, flipped during an F1 race. Groping for answers, Minister Boris not aware of party whip sex pest claim. Insider, PM joked, pincher by name, pincher by nature. There you go. Uh, the Prime Minister mired in sleaze allegations. And last but not least, the star, going back to that good weather story. Um, happy scorch of July. A four-week fry will make Britain hotter than Cancun by Saturday. Boffins and bookies reckon we could hit 36 degrees centigrade, making it the hottest ever July. Those are your papers and that's your weather report. And let's start with shocking news coming from Copenhagen in Monday's Telegraph. Yeah, well, the, the fact is we don't know much yet. All we do know is at 5.36 uh, uh, local time um, in Denmark, a, uh, a man walked into a shopping centre uh, and several people, a gunman, uh, several people are dead, several people are hurt. We don't know, have any exact numbers. Uh, the only thing that they have really said is that he's ethnically Danish. Mm. So... Make of that what you will. They don't know the motive yet. They're saying that terrorism, of course, could be, uh, you, you know, a factor. But again, but they, we just don't know. You yet. can safely rule out a sort of um, Islamic terror attack at this point. Well, not necessarily. He could have been a convert or whatever. We just don't know. I'm imagining right now there's a lot of journalists on Facebook and trying to find out this guy's name and and uh, find out what, 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 he, what he's about. Just, uh, just an awful human tragedy and a terrible crime, whatever the circumstances. Uh, let's move on now. The Independent and the Tory party seem to have a cloud of sleaze yes. over them, Dana. Yes, the curious case of Mr. Pincher, not all Tories. So, so they want to find out, basically, if uh, male conservatives uh, have a problem with sexual harassment. So male conservatives do not have a particular problem with sexual harassment cabinets. Uh, Cabinet Minister Therese Coffey has said in the wake of latest min misconduct scandal engulfing the party. So, I mean, are we surprised? I mean, Imran has, was also uh, convicted of something before he became a member of parliament. So the issue is, this isn't the first time that he's done this. He also did this in 2017, which was ignored, and he was then promoted to party whip by Theresa May at the time. I guess the controversy is whether or not Boris Johnson uh, actually called him pincher by name or pincher by nature in jest or as a joke. He is now claiming that uh, he was unaware of his uh, nefarious activities. Except for the fact that he lost the whip previously to that for exactly something like this. Although so. he was investigated previously and found innocent of, of the alleged crimes. Well, in, it, not necessarily innocent of not doing that, but of not breaking the ministerial code, mm. which is slightly different. They're not saying that the yeah, incident didn't actually happen. But I love how... Um, the, uh, the uh, Theresa Coffrey, Kofi, they said, you know, I don't know the situation and scenarios elsewhere. Like, it's like, mate, you know exactly what's going on. There's... Theresa Coffey, she, yeah. she had a rough old Sunday morning. 
Oh, yeah. I hope she wasn't out on the beers last night because mm -hmm. that will not have been fun doing the TV rounds, having to defend yeah. this chaos. Well, it's like the 80s all over again. You, you remember what was going on here, the sleazy Tories. In the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've got five Tory male MPs suspended or had to resign in the past year for sexual misconduct what allegations. Let's, be, let's be honest, not even a pig's head is safe from these Bullingdon boys. Let's get real about it. Well, they're not it. just the Bullingdon boys. It's obviously the cult... It's a cultural thing that seems to be... Wait a minute. I mean, this guy has allegedly committed these uh, mm. awful crimes. That's not Boris Johnson's fault. Boris, no, that Boris isn't Boris... Didn't, didn't well, no, but, but the fact that he is May obviously known, known about, about it... joking about it. joking about it. It's obviously part of the culture. I think there's some well, mutual... Boris, Boris has given this guy a second chance. What about forgiveness, Dana Alexander? Well, isn't, wasn't he uh, caught with his uh, now-wife, then-mistress, in his office, office allegedly? Well, so I think there's a little bit of mutual culpability, I think, when you look yeah, at... Yeah, but that's, like, not a, that, that's, a, that's not sexual misconduct in that way. I mean, we're talking about people being... Sure, but, I mean, they're... Come on, now. Get it, getting it on with your aide or whatever in the in the office, you don't think that's sexual misconduct? Well, I mean, it, my, the point is it's consensual. There's nothing to say it wasn't sure. consensual. Whereas this stuff here, sure, but my, much my, worse my point that. is, it's a culture, right? And if they, one's doing one, the other's doing the other, I feel like a lot of them are just going to defend each other well, at the well, end the of the day. The fact that he's still, you know, yes, he lost the whip, Pincher, but but then also he's still, he's suspended now, finally, he got suspended finally, but why was he not immediately like suspended or expelled for losing the whip totally in terms of, like, he lost his ministerial job, but he still is a Tory MP, even though he's now suspended. If, you know, this incident of him groping two men, of course, I don't want to play the old switcheroo, you know, but, yeah, if it had been two women, that he's gone straight away. I can't see how anything... Mm. You don't think if it came out? That I think it was two. If I think it was two women, it'd be more like, "Are you sure he did it? You're lying." As soon as well, a guy says but it, he, he, but, he's, but they're he, believed. But he admitted it is the point. Fair so enough. So he said it, well, and men. I think that he, he didn't. I think got, that the fact that he that, that that he wasn't immediately expelled is. is I mean, very the, telling. The, the, to, to defend, if I can, for a nanosecond, Boris Johnson, mm. he's very consistent over the years that he's not a moralizing sort of politician. Mm. Uh, probably because he knows what his own private life is like. Um, he doesn't tend to fire people for adultery, so Matt Hancock famously snogging um, his uh, aide at, uh, at the health department, caught on CCTV, he did not fire um, the, the health secretary. And I think it's because Boris's view is, is that, well, look, we're all human. Absolutely. Live and let live. But there's a difference between that, again, consensual, mm. and someone being right. a sexual... Predator is, yeah, sexual yeah. pessimist. Do you think that we've been a bit too light-hearted about this whole groping story uh, because it is men that... Well, that's the point attacked. that I'm trying to make, exactly, yeah. in that. Thank you for saying it much more. But they were believed ever... immediately, and that's nice, or he just copped Well, no, but the, the victim copped said it. it was incredibly frustrating because he felt like he had to say something, mm. um, otherwise it would nothing would have happened with it. And even when he did, he says here, I felt shell-shocked when I found out that they were initially actually going to let him keep the whip. So... It, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let someone like that ever have a whip. To be honest, yeah, there's too much whipping. Yeah, those I mean, Tory clubs. Yeah, the, the pincher with a whip. It's double trouble. Oh, no. well, this is it. There you go. Uh, well, especially a three-line whip. Let's uh, move on now, and uh, let's have a look at the independent. Uh, and it's still Boris. Josh, tell me more. Well, this is what uh, Dana was just talking about, and yourself. Mm. Uh, so, number 10 denies that Boris Johnson and Carrie Simmons, like people must have heard the rumour now, were caught, they're saying here very uh, politically correct, well, not politically correct, but they're in flagrante. I don't know if that is the precise, the technical expression for the way what they were found doing, an MP walking on the... Now, this seems like a silly bit was of... Was he going through her briefs? I think it was... She was going through his briefs really in a detailed way. 
OK, so uh, now this seems like almost a silly bit of gossip in a way. And again, who cares? Consenting adults, that's fine. But there is actually something deeper here. There's a deeper story. When The Times released, uh, re revealed the story a couple of weeks ago, it, w it went out in one audition, and then they were asked by Number 10 to, to stop it, basically. So only a few people actually got to see the story. And this story is what then led to this idea that she, that Boris Johnson asked for her to get this £100,000 job as his chief of staff. So this was the inciting incident. Now, supposedly an MP walked in, saw this stuff. Now, number 10 is now saying that we know who the MP is, um, but what we now are saying is, and it's Connor Burns, who's the Northern Ireland minister, but what they're saying is, uh, number 10 is saying, yes, he walked in, yes, this is the person who did it, but... He didn't, that, that didn't have that. What he's, what the rumors are aren't true. Mm. And in fact, and this is where it gets ridiculous, is that actually they're saying, uh, this is what this guy's saying is, um, Connor Burns, that he walked in, saw them having a glass of wine together, and he got the old sixth sense. And because he got the old sixth sense, he saw them having this glass of wine, he was like, I reckon these guys are having an affair. Was it the bathroom? And that's what... And then from that, he went and reported it because he was... what, And he's a big loyalist. He's a big Boris loyalist. Mm. But he went and reported it because he was afraid of what could happen and how people might use this information. Now, you don't walk into an office, see people having a glass of wine... Not ..and just instantly go, they're definitely having an affair here. Enough to then report it to other people, like, in, a, in an official capacity. So the fact that he's denying it and saying, no, no, that didn't happen, I just had this sixth sense, is... Totally ridiculous. And again, how stupid do they think that we are? Yeah. They are very, we're, very stupid. We're so dumb. I mean, I, mean, I am pretty stupid. Let's be but... honest. He could open a brothel at this point and no one would care. Yeah. So I don't mind that they were doing that. I don't have any moral judgment yeah. on that particular thing. Yes, he was married at the time, but whatever. Yeah. But come on, man, don't just stop with the lies. It's not true, is it? I mean, have you, either of you, ever been caught in Congress with somebody else? No. Uh, my kids calling catching, I should say. Well, you, you've got you've got five kids, so the the, the likelihood is high, isn't it? Yeah, they're, let's just say that they're becoming more knowledgeable, and thus we are having to cease. There will be no more children as they become more aware yeah. of uh, why we go off for a nap in the afternoon. I've never been caught in in Congress. It would be very embarrassing because I'm normally dressed as Russell Crowe from Gladiator. Mm. Um, I see that it takes a lot of time to get all that armory off. Yeah, sorry. And the sword, of course, the sword. And the shield, my shiny shield. Monday's Mail and a more positive political story in the form of tax cuts, Dana. Yes, and I called this before because I think Boris is a little bit of a populist, so he's handing out the money to anybody who's going to support him. So Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak have put on a show of unity today to insist that they are tax-cutting Tories amid unrest from the Tory backbenchers. So they, they don't want this to happen. We should keep in mind that inflation has already reached a 40-year high of 9 0.1% and is set to rise past 11% in the autumn. So in my my guess, well, the way that I look at it, I, we're probably still going to be losing a little bit of money in real terms. No, no, absolutely. But i got to be honest, this is a good thing. It's better I'm not than a nothing. Tory. I'm it's not, better I'm than not nothing. And, this, and you know what also it's a good thing? Because it targets the right people, which are the poorest in this country, the poorest working people in this country, where from, from they're going to basically end up at £330 a year. When I say they, I say, I mean, actually, me. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the threshold rising from, like, just under £10,000 to over £12,500, that's a big deal. And I was just at that rate for a long time over the last few years. Mm. And that extra couple of thousand pounds and being able to hit it 
and still have a job and still work, I think it, it, make, it will make an impact. I agree with you. Every little helps. Um, how about Russia and the Daily Express? Josh, tell me more. So, uh, supposedly, this is what the CIA have been saying, in, um, to, that the Ministry of Defence's largest establishment, which is in Bristol, uh, known as kind of the UK's Pentagon, uh, they're saying that they might, they're sweeping for bugs there because CIA is saying that it basically might have been bugged. That's the gist wow. of it. Because they want to get this information on this on the F-35. Now, I've seen the new Top Gun, so obviously I'm very much up to date on all the technological Well, Top Gun is basically a documentary, isn't it, about Exactly, and I think military. it makes me an expert straight away. Correct. Uh, what I was interested... And, and, and Tom Cruise, your... The team original team, one, I would say, is erotica for gay men. It's erotica for straight men as well, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, by the way, the other outfit. I, I, I'm Russell Crowe in Gladiators and also Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Well, uh, I see, yeah. The... And also one night I played the woman, but uh, I yeah, just didn't pull just it off. Let's not talk about pulling it off. It wasn't convincing. OK, but we are the only non-US nation to be granted this trusted level one status. Yeah. So if, they, if Russia can't get in via America, actually make, coming over to the UK, and obviously it's closer to home. They know already the train stations very well Satan in this country. Satan 2. Satan 2, yeah. So, um, but uh, they're on the look. They haven't found anything yet. Uh, but, it is, but it is interesting how closely the UK and the US work on these different weapon systems. This Satan 2 uh, missile, do you think the Russians could lend it to us so we can just, like, uh, sort out a few stranded passengers trying to get on their holidays? Just borrow put, borrow put on Satan top. 2 just for a couple of weeks, just to get through the backlog. A lot of people need to be in Tenerife. Slightly, probably safer than EasyJet. No, EasyJet's very safe, I should well say. What a, what a recovery. Save that one. Um, this, this story is a reminder, isn't it, both, that we do need to invest in, in counter-espionage, that this is a very important part of our defence. Absolutely. In the West altogether. Definitely. You yeah, know, yeah. that there are people on our shores who wish us... On it. our shores. Mm. They're in Red Square, li Square living in London right now in some of the highest but property listen, values They, they might in, be uh, in Europe. the bloody green room, for all I know. One of the crankies. Uh, pretty tough story, this one. The Daily Mail kicking us off. With what your kids might be getting up to when alone in the bedroom, Josh, it's not good. It's not good, no. A third of young men, one in six women, uh, have watched pornography by the age of 13. Mm. Now, this actually... We covered a similar story a few weeks ago. We were talking about the online bill. But it, uh, it is disturbing, and it's having an impact on people's future sexual development uh, in terms of what they think is normal. And, you know, you, you're seeing the stuff that's out there is... Well, it's not certainly not for kids, but even for adults. It, it warps your idea of what a sexual, healthy... Uh, a healthy sexual relationship is. And to get... The, the fact that it's sort of impacting upon children so long, it, it, it's definitely something they're going to be carrying forward. Yeah, and I think this brings us into a larger argument about sexual education when it comes to children, because I think this idea of making it something taboo and, you know, we have, if you look at the Dutch approach, for example, when they start doing sex, sex education at the age of four, it demystifies it in a way. I think that's personally too early. But mm. I'd rather be in a room, like in their school system, where the kids can actually put their hand up and ask these questions. Because I think when kids are... You can just type anything in and you, can, you have access to those images right away. I don't necessarily think that kids know what they're seeing. And I also think another big part of sexual education needs to be about boundaries. My, my cousin's a single mother. And one of the first things she taught her, her boys and her young daughter was, 
Nobody is to touch you in your private areas, oh, you know? Yeah. Sex education is really important. My dad, who was quite Christian, tried to keep me from doing sex education at the age of 11, but I looked like a full-grown woman. I was getting whistled at in the parking lot, and it didn't make sense. I didn't know what was going on, and even, like, not to be too graphic, but I didn't even know how to put a tampon in when I was menstruating as a young woman. That is too graphic. Sorry, but, you know, these are important things to know. When you you come from a background where people shut that education off, you really have... You really open up the doors to really mess with these kids in some really dangerous and lasting ways. And also, I mean, pornography, unfortunately, is being used as an educational resource by young people, Mm. but they're learning about sex from watching pornography. And pornography is fictional by definition, and in many ways it lies about sexuality, particularly, Dana, female sexuality. Uh, The sort of... the the pornography that sees the female in a very subservient role often being humiliated, if we're honest. Yes, I would would agree with that. I mean, there's many different genres. I mean, who knows, maybe these kids have certain tastes. But, like, back to the whole point with... I'll send you a little... um, I'll send you a list. But back to the whole point with the Dutch sex education... um, ..is the good thing is that, you know, kids are actually having sex... uh, ..their first sexual experiences at later ages. The rates of uh, uh, teenage pregnancy are much lower, as well as uh, STIs. So I think we got to demystify it and let kids know what it is. Is it, of course, appropriately, mm. but you know they, they they have a two-pronged approach. One is uh, about the biology, and then the other one's about obviously the safety, but then the relationship aspect. But well, do we not agree? You want to keep your kids away from porn for as long as humans possible. Of course, because yeah. I hear your message about education. But the issue, Josh, is is that um, I mean, young women, and, and this is a very delicate mm. topic, but young women are being admitted in unprecedented numbers to hospital with uh, anal injuries because uh, anal sex is so commonplace in pornography now that it's... The, the, these girls, right, they, they, they watch this stuff yeah. and they... with boyfriends, pretty... Mm-hmm. the wrong boyfriends, right? And uh, they feel pressured that it normalises yeah. this thing. Oh, it, I'm going it's to be a real... expected somehow. I'll be a real prude yeah. Yeah. if I don't have anal sex, which is a very hazardous activity uh, for a woman. And, and um, you know, but porn normalises all of that. Exactly, and but Certain it's about types, finding, of course. yeah, but it's about finding the right balance. And actually, you know, my son just turned thirteen, but I think I had a conversation with him probably about maybe even two years ago, where I just said, "Look, mate, some stuff you may be exposed to. You're around at a friend's house, like we're quite strict on all this stuff and what they have access to in terms of blockages on the you know internet and everything." But um, I know that he'd seen an image around at a friend's house accidentally, and I just said, "Look, it's just all lies, and you have to learn that straight away. Don't watch it." My mother tried to uh, show me the biology of sex with the, 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 the Joy of Sex book, didn't know that there were diagrams in the front. Long story short, years later, my brother had the book. My dad shows up at my job, age 15, furious. You know, he's waiting for me in the parking lot after my job, and he, he's like, do you have something you want to tell me? He's nearly in tears, and he opens up the glove compartment, throws the Joy of Sex open on my lap at age 15, and he goes, are these the things you're doing in your spare time? Well, and I said, like, yeah, and I was like, no, Dad. Like, I had to go... He was crying. I had to console uh, him. I was 15. I was like, I've never even kissed a boy, Dad. I promise I you. I stole my dad's uh, Joy of Sex. It was terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did, too. And I hid it in the... Uh, <laughs> exactly. I hid it underneath the washing because they came in to the flat once too early. So I hid it in the washing of the kitchen, in the in the bathroom, and then he must have found it or... And then he just... It was just left on my bed. Like, oh, it's, it's yours now, so I don't want spoken. this... Is that the one you, you, you lent me? I couldn't open it. Yes, I knew well, that was yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. 
The Guardian next, and a rather sad story about human trafficking on our campuses, Dana. There, there's a U-turn for you. Oh, yes. We'll try and keep this as funny and light as possible. So overseas students have vanished from courses and then are being found working in exploitative conditions. This is very interesting because they were actually found working in a Welsh care centre. Oh. So they're coming into this country as students and found working in squalid it... conditions for the elderly. Oh, because it said exploitative conditions, and I thought they were maybe runners at a media production company. Well, exactly <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about. I'm you talk do, you've done your time, haven't I hope you? You're not talking about GB News, by the way. No, no, no. We put, but uh, my own experience. Twelve hour, other... twelve hour days, maybe you know, for hundred quid a week or whatever. No, it wasn't. For good. some crappy Channel Four panel game. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. lovely. When I first met you there, by the money's way. all right though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> not for the runners. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, this is quite an interesting story because it isn't the normal route that you think that people are taking into this kind of exploitive work. But it's actually quite sad news because there's, uh, some of them were found at Teesside University. And I don't know which is worse there, going to Teesside University or being sort of exploitative. One of our... <laughs> One of our elite colleges of education, Josh Howie. In fact, it, listen, if you'd been to Teesside University, you'd have a proper job now. I forgot that you'd actually gone there. Sorry. Yeah, he's very, still I got, very smart. I got a first in jam making and it's served me well. Um, how about our next story? Let's talk uh, stay in education if we can. And this is about history, Josh. I really like this story. Basically, we need to teach more medieval history. This is Alexander Stafford. He's a, he's a Conservative MP. He says, stop just teaching Hitler and Henry VIII. Uh, I just had to, in my brain, convert the V333 to 8. So sorry for that right, pause good. there. It's pretty good for me. Um, and um, he says that most students don't have the option to study anything pre-1066. The thing is, that period of time is called the Dark Ages. There isn't actually that much to study anyway. So you probably could just cover it in about two lessons. Let's just... Let's, why? This is what I don't get. Just fit that bit in. But what's interesting is that this guy, guess what? He studied medieval history at A-level and went on to specialise that subject during his degree. So he say that people aren't doing that now because they're not being taught about it. Of course, there's so. He does have one interesting point, which is about how, because there's very little text and information to go on, it forces you to be a lot more interpretive, so it forces you to think, because there are no necessarily clear answers. Critical thinking taught at a young age is a good thing, and this could well be an avenue for it. But, um, and also historical sleuthing. Yes. Where you've got to think, well, wait a minute, this, this king came along here, what might have motivated that revolution or that... When it's know. at the right age, but, of course, mm. I don't know... You can't ten... prove any of it. Well, you can't, well, that's the thing, and none of it's definitive, so it's However, very hard can to... I defend this guy? Because I wonder, Dana, whether it's a little bit like the animal kingdom, that you'll lose certain species which become extinct. If we stop teaching kids really early history, that might be gone forever too. If we stop teaching kids really early to history, that the history will disappear. <laughs> yeah, early teaching. What, what, are we in a movie? What was that movie that I couldn't get through? Well, with, with, it begins with an I. With it, when everybody started jumping. Yeah, I mean, I think. But do you know what I mean? The the, the 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 knowledge could be lost forever. The knowledge could. The knowledge has already been lost, right? At the end of the day, I think, if anything, as time has gone on, we're talking about the Dark Ages in 2022, I don't see why it would be lost with all of the records that we have now. Right, but don't you think that perhaps if you, you still teach it, at least, you know, for a few weeks in, in, you know, in an academic sure. year, that, that might pique the interest of one of the youngsters in the classroom who then goes on 
and thinks, oh, wait a minute, I loved medieval history when I was at school. Mm. I'll become a medieval history scholar. Yeah. Know, that, that we cultivate. That is a, yeah. that and then is this MP that will have someone potential. to talk to, which is obviously what his motivation is. Yeah, that's it. He's just it. feeling a bit bored. He's yeah. like, he wants to share his knowledge with someone else. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't want to talk to any of his MP mates. No, no, he's afraid of being groped. Well, yeah, but do you know what I mean? All over him, like yeah. a bloody rash. Mm. How about this now from the Daily Mail and an issue that we all want flushed away, Dana? Yes, new schools, hospital shops and offices must be built with separate single-sex toilets. Government will confirm this week in plans to halt the rise of exclusively gender-neutral lavatories. Wow. My, my toilet at home, I don't know if you know this, is gender-neutral. That, that is the stupidest argument. You always see that argument online, and that is just the worst it's argument. A toilet. For... Yes, because it's in a private home. When it's out in public, some people like to have privacy, like girls in schools who have not been going to the toilet because they have become gender neutral and they don't feel safe in there, and they have a right, according to the Equality Act of 2010, to be able to go to the toilet in peace, in safety. We Thanks. have a single sex toilet here. Do, yeah. you, do I feel unsafe in the toilet? Well, I tell you what, it's stopping me from doing some major... <laughs> with the thought that well, I was there in might there be the some other the day, opposite sex and I, I've got to say that um, Colin Brazier gave me a very sort of sheepish look. I felt well, uncomfortable. Well, I think, you know, obviously... Although he is the same gender as me, so I'm not sure that works. You guys also, you know, you, you understand that I'm, uh, I'm very passionate about this issue, and I think I should probably just be honest... Um, I was uh, assigned male at birth. I don't know if you know that about me. So no. in case you're feeling a little bit unsafe in the lavatories, I think you should know that. And I also noticed a woman on a previous broadcast with some boxy shoulders and a couple of whiskers. I think you got to check her too. Oh my goodness, she sounds fascinating. Just in case you I'd, feel I'd give unsafe. I her, her own show here at GB News. Uh, but could you, I mean, could you develop that point you made that you were assigned? <laughs> you're joking. Well, there's only one way to find out, Mark. Well, okay, let's go to the toilet. Let's go to the general news. Why don't we all find out? Why don't we all? Why don't we all do our Nancy Drewing in here and we just find out? Because at the end of the day, my Mm. whole point is, we're not sitting around inspecting people. Using the toilet is a very private thing. Do you know what I mean? And and you know what made me so sad? I was when I was in Finsbury the other day watching a trans woman furtively just hurry into the toilet so quickly with her head down because you know what? She just had to pee. And that's, Just let and the that, people and that's fair enough. But which She's one? not in there to, 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 you know, and sometimes I look at some of these people with their children. You, that child? You think someone's going after that child in the well, toilet? Mate, that's what would you say to the women who have fought for decades for uh, female-only spaces for their own safety? Who's fought for decades? I think it's men now, you know, fighting for decades. And if only there was a movement to protect women that's come up in the <laughs> last <laughs> few years... Mm-hmm. Me too. It's so interesting because when we start that movement, everybody's like, "Me too." These women are liars. Don't believe all women. Well, think, but as soon as a bunch of straight mate, guys you're, start you're getting, you're conflating two. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think you'll uh, have to accept that Me Too has been a very successful campaign, which has changed. But the I'm saying it was met with a lot of sneers, and okay. I'm and when women were leading a campaign about our safety, a lot of men sneered at you it. Haven't so, well, no, but, you, no, you haven't answered my question. No, you haven't answered my question. What would you say to the women who have campaigned for decades for female? Which women have campaigned? Campaign well, oh, which women have campaigned well, for because, decades? Because, uh, which we, women? Because 100 women. years ago, we didn't have Wh- who? Women didn't have separate female spaces. When? 
100 years ago. That's why 100 years ago? Okay, so what would I say? Oh, so they, they were fighting for their own toilets. Well, what I'd say that's, is let's get back exactly to the what, dark what ages. They also let's share the bathrooms. Come on. for the we'll votes a, we'll, as well. They well what do you say to this woman who says she walks in, and this isn't about a transport mm -hmm. person in there, this woman walks in and a man is standing there. Men go to the toilet differently. I don't always lock the door sometimes. You know, if you forget to lock the door, if you're just doing a wee, this woman walked in, saw this man weeing there in front of her with the door unlocked or pushing the door, you know... Unlocked? It's, yeah, unlocked. Do you, but the point is, do you think men and women, you know, guys, we on the seats, we, you know, women have the right to their own spaces to feel safe. Well, oh. I don't see what's wrong with that. L let us lead the charge. Well, they are. Women oh, right. are leading the charge. So what would you and say, okay, their what own you say to the women, to the young girls, uh, in environments where it's unisex, that they don't go to the toilet because they're not comfortable to go to the toilet around men? What would you say to them? Are they bigots too? Use the disabled, that's they, what I would say. Yeah, but then you've got a whole bunch of girls trying to fit into one toilet, one cubicle. Do they really feel unsafe? I think this idea, first of all, I'll say this right now. If I was in a female-only toilet, speaking as a woman, I don't know if you know, I may have been assigned male at birth. Yeah, uh -huh. but I am a woman. I identify as a woman. Anyway, um, if a man were to come into a female toilet and was running in there, I would just assume, oh man, he really has to go. You think I'm sitting there thinking a man is? Well, um, is a, let, let me put can it you this. not have empathy for people who no, might have been victims of sexual violence or for whatever the reasons are? They so, feel unsafe around biological men. In a toilet? In, yes, in a toilet. And toilets, by the way, are, are, so have, and lots of them? sexual assaults have them? occurred in a toilet. What's stopping is an them? Place. You have, do you, do you have well, a security at like, At the end of the day, if there's a female toilet and a male toilet and a man decides that he would like to assault a woman in a toilet, there's no security to stop him doing this. Yeah, right. there, except, so these... except that a man uh, has a, a potential rapist has a much better excuse, uh, a better cover for going into a female toilet if he can claim. Why would you trans. do it in a toilet, especially when toilets have stalls and the potential of multiple well, no, people you're being why, in there? But it, it, it happens. It does happen. When? Okay. What do you mean? There's, it's Dana, a, there's huge numbers of, of sexual assaults in toilets. Uh, the point is, Dana, it's an opportunity for a rapist, isn't it? I think it's a red herring to discriminate against trans women. And also, can I ask you another question? Uh, you just glibly said there, are these women really afraid of being in a toilet around men? How can you speak for these women who are afraid? Well, I'll speak for women because I'm a woman. Who are you to speak for women? I'm, well, I'm, I'm speaking I'm for speaking the women who are saying, what, declaring you, very clearly. Which women? What these women you, who have talked you, to have gaslighting. You their experience. You're, 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 you're denying the existence of women. There are women, women quoted in this particular article who are saying... Like they I said, well, I, think, I think it's a red herring. If a man wants to assault you in a bathroom, he's going to do it. But I bet you anything he'll pick a more comfortable well, spot to okay. do it. Why make it easier okay. for him? Easier? Yeah, why make it easier? So, like you say, you have an excuse to be in there. Lots of sexual assaults happen in toilets. In regard, forgetting even the sexual assault, just it's is that fine because for is that because is that because it's male and female? Because I'll, I know about people who have been assaulted in bathrooms that were separated. If a man wants to assault you in a bathroom, a little sign that has a woman in a dress isn't going to stop him. Okay, well, it's going to make Security it e it's well. going to make it easier. And people, there's a whole reason why we have safeguarding in the first place. And certainly in some places like schools where you've got young girls who are feeling insecure about their developing bodies, to be around teenage boys who are frankly the stupidest people in the world. Uh, it's not. It's not right. If they, they are girls was, at the moment, not going kid, to the toilet. When I was school. a kid at daycare, literally, they had potties all lined up. Yeah, no stalls, yeah, no nothing. Potties. We're talking and about everybody sat puberty. down. Everybody and, sat down, and we just peed. But Dana, you're bringing your own experiences hands. to this. Why can't well, you listen to the people who are telling you? These people are saying they. These young girls are saying we can't go to the toilet. We are. We feel threatened. We feel uncomfortable, and they are holding it in all day at school. That is not right. What do you think? 
about trans women who are banned from... I don't care about spaces. trans women in this case. I'm talking about girls at school who should have their own spaces, as required I think you by need, law. I think you should be the security guard of those toilets. <laughs> Let's be friends again. <laughs> the battle will continue. <laughs> Fascinating conversation. Monday's Mail, and it wouldn't be the Daily Mail without something going woke. Dana, what is it this time? Ooh, the signs are going woke. <laughs> I guess now a, a coat of paint <laughs> uh -oh. qualifies for uh, a wokeness when it comes a, to... A very a... expensive coat of paint. Yes, you know, I don't agree with the price, but, hey, everybody needs a little spruce up. And, like, you think 43,000 pounds is not a lot in Chelsea. Let's get real. Well, yeah. I mean, 200,000 pounds total on these these kind of ridiculous things where they... And they don't work. That's the, the real travesty, is that they don't... They've actually been proven to make it harder for disabled people to cross because the dogs and the horses and whoever... Confuses don't, it confuses them. The so rainbow just confuses them! <laughs> yeah, okay, they okay, forget but, what's But it's time. not just the rainbow. Hold it, there, fire, was a hold fire. there was a japan theme we, one. We, we just spent the last section um, gaslighting women who are afraid of unisex toilets. Are we gaslighting horses that cannot cross these crossings? <laughs> of which there are videos. Well, Dana was born a horse. You don't know that. Well, do they not... Do they all <laughs> There's only one way to find out, do Josh. The, do, the, do the horses that can't cross these rainbow crossings not exist? Um, well, I would say I do acknowledge the existence of uh, cross-walking horses. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean... Come on, not to be rude, but there's a lot of ugly-looking streets in yeah, this Yeah, but country. that's not the point. The, the, Let's give it a bit of a spruce up. And, you know, a two, yes, $200,000, it's a little bit too much. But, I mean, when it comes to the Tory party and misappropriating funds... No, no, funds, I know, but, but, that doesn't, drop but, the, but the two wrongs don't make a right. You've got Bristol sure. City. OK, they cost spent £7,000 doing this rainbow colours. Well, if I had my thing. choice, I would just paint it yeah, black. Yeah, but, they, but they've got a £23 like million pound funding gap and frontline services are suffering and that some of the money's just going on these stupid things. It makes no sense. But can I uh, offer um, some uh, support there to uh, Dana's argument? Because, you know, we had Scott Capuro, the brilliant comedian on this show, uh, a few weeks ago, and he was saying that actually, uh, uh, as a young gay man, if he, if he went somewhere, I think he came to uh, Oxford University and one of the mm. colleges had a pride flag on it. And he just felt welcome because he saw that flag. Well, I hope it wasn't a £200,000 pride flag. And I'd argue, secondly, Scott grew up in a different time, came, came out, I guess, at a different time. Now, you cannot... I'm not saying that homophobia doesn't exist, but it's, you know, I would... But, but I would also say that this is a pretty... Seemingly a good time to. Well, are you maybe you're gaslighting the people who I'm feel victims of prejudice? Okay, but I just think that seeing as uh, seeing a flag, seeing we've just had a month of flags, you know, of celebration of being gay, brilliant or bisexual. Happy Pride, everybody! Yeah, Happy Pride is over, but so but do we do we also have to do the floor markings and the th you know we're talking about you know seeing one flag, two, how many flags? When's it enough to go? You know what? People are gay. That's brilliant. Let's just get on with our lives. Dana? I think we should paint you a rainbow. You know what? For £200,000, I will absolutely go with that. <laughs> I'd, like, Very to, happy I'd that. like to do a little bit of the old Keir Starmer glitter on your cheeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll do, I'd, look, mate, I will in do In a black it. shirt. What was that? Anything. That's like when Cindy Lauper came to Pride and decided to do her blues set. Girl, wrong, wrong place. I, know, I thought you looked hot. Uh, there you go. Each to their own. Monday's Telegraph and, as working from home still continues, the impact on mental health has come to light, Joshua. I love this article because it's one of the classic, uh, one of my favourite sort of genre of articles, which is essentially an advert placed into an article where um, 
this person who owns Headspace or runs Headspace, Russell Glass, he basically turned to motivation. It's a, he's sort of talking about his experiences and how he thought it was kind of woo-woo and then he meditated and it made him feel better. But guess what? Now he runs Headspace meditation app. And then the whole rest of the article is just how much benefits you and it's all about how we're kind of going for a mental health crisis. There's stuff there that's absolutely true. Prevalence of anxiety, depression has increased by 25%. Over, the, over COVID, I wonder why we're all locked away. 70% uh, of the 1 billion people worldwide with mental health needs are not getting any access. These are valid concerns. But it, then he starts going on about, you know what might really help us? Because we can't actually like cover it or we don't have enough GPs or doctors or mental health professionals. There should be some sort of app out there that we could use that might help people. And, Oh, I've, I know. I just happen to know the right app. It's called Headspace. So it, this whole thing is just There's kind of There's a little line at the end of the article where it says, if you're really struggling with your mental health, go and see Josh Howie live, it says at the bottom. Yeah, it? and then it'll just... That'll finish you. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. it. It'll be over. Push people over the edge. So, it's, look... It's going to see you live. That's basically like a trip to Switzerland, is it? It's, it's sort of like... It, things don't get any worse than that. I feel sorry for anybody. But I, I will say at the end, look, I believe in meditation. I think it can have a massive impact and a big help uh, on, on your mental health. He then he says at the end that his goal is to have meditation regarded on a par with brushing teeth. I would 100% go along with that. I would like to start doing both. Um, but uh, good for him, just sort of... 40% of GP visits were for mental health. I think that's yeah, interesting that's to a, note. Uh, and um, I didn't really get a chance to be home until COVID, really. Mm. And what I noticed being home was everyone in my neighbourhood is insane. And I wish they would call this man. <laughs> if you, you should see the things that I've taped outside of my window. There's a guy next door beating up his wife. Yeah. There was a police raid across the street. There was a Jamaican woman who caught her husband with another Jamaican woman Can I this just morning. Leave, leave Teesside University. Get out of there <laughs> as quickly as you can. Blimey. And on that bombshell, The Guardian now. And is it about time the British Museum gave up one of its most priceless treasures, Dana? Well, that might be a slippery slope. The Koh-i-Noor. Anyways, <laughs> let us show how Boris Johnson backed the return of Parthenon marbles to Greece. So, obviously, I think the majority of students agree with me when I say there's absolutely no reason why the Elgin Margers superlatively... Superla superlatively? That's so, the, so Boris Johnson used Anyways, that. Yeah. the most important and beautiful treasures left to us by the ancient world should not be returned immediately from the British Museum to their rightful home in Afri Athens. I mean, don't start that, because the people, the whole world would just come to your museum and take all their things back. I mean, but yeah, I, I think it's great. But I think, you know, populism, Boris is buying friends. And well, yeah, but this is an old, like this him. is from 1986. And the reality sure. was, he was trying to, he was head of the Oxford Union, he was trying to invite over the Greek uh, culture minister, and he was basically buttering her up. That's what he's doing, saying, I totally agree, you should come over, you can persuade the British people with your whatever. And it was basically a letter saying, come over and give a, give a speech, you know, at the, mm. the Oxford Union. Uh, and then, of course, later on, as the mayor, as well, he has then changed his, eye, his tune and sort of said, no, there's no chance that that's going to happen, and uh, British, and there was legally a, you know, Lord Elgin did the uh, appropriate laws and all that. So, uh, you know, it's Boris, as he does, being a sort of charming bloke and uh, saying what he needs to say to get what he wants. Um, the, the Elgin marbles, it's basically just a sort of a chunk of an ancient temple, isn't it? with yeah. sort of pillars and, I think, some figures as well. Some figures, Because yeah. I thought it was literally marbles when I was a kid. Yeah. It's not It's not marbles. <laughs> yeah, it's not marbles. And never raised that... Uh, like finding out the crankies. Yeah, in uh, front of a historian. The problem, and they, yeah. they don't like it. But, but should they go back? Uh, no, I don't think they should, no.
Dana? Yes. Well, there you go. There we go. See, straight answer to a straight question. Although they are going to do a replica. They're talking about making like an exact replica. Maybe that's enough. Yeah. You know I should go and check them out one day. Yeah, do they, 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 they do. That. Uh, no, they are marbles, I promise you. OK, cool. Uh, the Independent now with a story about a man who brings together his local community, Josh. Yeah, so uh, a black Jewish leader uh, uh, has got a job now as the um, equality, equity, diversity and inclusion team. He's now the head of that. And uh, that's a good thing. Uh, it's quite interesting. People don't tend to understand or the nature of... Jew Some people think that being Jewish is just a religion. It's an ethno-religion. Right. Uh, so right. yeah. it's quite interesting that... So people don't even necessarily understand that there are black Jews out there. There are many black Jews out there, so many so that in Israel, the majority of the country, 60% of the country, are actually people of colour, the Jews... Uh, they're people of colour because they're from what's called a, they're Mizrahi, so they're from Yemen, they're from Iraq, Ethiopia. Iran, Ethiopia, whatever. So when you go over there, it's funny because crit critics of Israel who try and say, oh, it's a white, super racist, supremacist state or whatever, if you went to Israel, you'd just be like, oh, look, everybody's a person of colour, pretty much. It's, mm. that, is, that is what it's like. So it's such a ridiculous argument and shows how little people actually do know about who criticise Israel, mm. how much they actually know about the reality of, of it on the there ground. There has been some controversy, though, as I believe that there were some... Uh, no, that's a massive anti-spirit. Before you say it, I know what you're about to say. What am I about to say? You're about to say um, sterilisation or whatever. No, 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 no. I wasn't about to say oh. that. There was actually... And the, the, these families have been compensated. There was the, uh, the murders of uh, black... Or, sorry, black Jewish uh, Ethiopians that came over. There's about six of them that have happened. I think it was in the last couple of years. A couple of families have been. There's a good Vice documentary. I'll let okay. you see it. Yeah, Vice. So very impartial documentary. Uh, well, yeah. you know what? I mean, I don't think they're lying about a death that's been widely reported. Okay, I well, all I know is that, that every time Ethiopians saying... are brought over, it's massive celebration. Everybody in the airport sings. There's all these footage that you always see. Everybody is very happy, Jews, to welcome people back to Israel. But look, that's not what this story is. This story is in America. Uh, so, and... Um, and it's interesting because the, the, the issue is, I, I mean, I, during lockdown, I did, I did like a two-month course. Our synagogue organised this, like, two-month course. Um, the idea was to kind of learn about critical race theory, which I don't agree with a lot of it. But it was, there were some interesting things that I did learn. Number one is that, you know, when I would see someone in our synagogue, we're very welcome open in synagogue, and I'd see someone, we've got loads of members who are people of colour. And i got to be honest with you, I didn't really appreciate this line of thinking, but... Uh, I would be like, wow, this is, what's your background? Like, excitedly, not like because I'm, so I'm just like, how, how come you, did you convert? Either, curiosity. Yeah, a curiosity, but also like a welcomeness and whatever. And I didn't realise this, and this is what this person says here, and this is what I learned from this course, is that actually that's othering. That's like, it's a way of saying, even though if you go in with the best of intentions, it's also a way of saying, well, you don't belong in the same way, or it oh, can I've be had, taken Oh, I've that had way. people say things, wow, you speak English so well. Well, exactly, but this, so that's born in something... born the same hospital So that's you. something I've learned. But the other problem is security guards who aren't Jewish, most of them, and the reason why Jewish institutions need security guards is because so many of us get murdered, um, is that, um, certainly more so in France and America and whatever, but um, they, they may be less educated as to what being Jewish entails, and so some people of colour who turn up on the door of synagogues have not been treated particularly well. Hopefully that education... And this they're micromanaged about the, their... Yeah, they're like, oh, this person doesn't look Jewish in their idea or traditionally... Or they, and there's a lot of... I mean, when you, there's so many different... Uh, you know, you can be Orthodox, you can be Ashkenazi, yeah. Sephardic. People have different custom and tradition, and I think they were, people were really examining, you know, how they practice their faith and perhaps micromanaging 
them a, a bit in a way that made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, so hopefully this person's going to come in and do a good job and make people feel more welcome. That's always a good thing. <laughs> outreach is a great thing. Uh, Not okay. outreach, outreach, inreach. Clever, you know. It's an interesting and important conversation. Um, just probably time for one more story. Do you fancy Boris Becker or allergy allergies to strong emotions? What do we fancy? Allergies, strong emotions. Surely. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me what that story is, young man. Uh, 18. Well, that's a woman. Me. That's you. Go for it. Yeah. yeah so well, she could be a young man. We don't know. It's still not been proven. Woman allergic to strong emotions could be killed simply by sweating or laughing. I don't know why she's practicing gymnastics. Okay. <laughs> Na Natasha Coates has a small cell activation syndrome. This means that when she's allergic to strong emotions, and she could be killed by simply sweating, laughing, or being sad. Well, this sounds like a mm. perfect, perfect thing to have if you're a Brit. You guys are yeah, but notoriously I stoic. She should get together with Prince. Andrew, and then hopefully they'll like cancel each other out in terms of their procreation. <laughs> what a combo! Yeah, like that would surely that would cure any for future generations, the children. Well, that's right. How do you express your emotions, Josh? Uh, just internalize, brilliant. Just build it up, and then my hair falls out. Right, yeah. perfectly. It's quietly growing a tumor in rage. Exactly. Yeah. Push, pushes the hair out. Well, look, I tell you something. There have been plenty of emotions tonight. It's been a brilliant debate throughout the program. Dana, thank you so much. Joshua, well done. Uh, lots, uh, of course, more coming up on GB News this week. Headliners is stripped across the week. Luckily, not literally, but we are here 11 till midnight every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. That's right, seven days a week. Um, it's been a really busy weekend. I want to thank you so much for your amazing company, the emails, uh, all of the online engagement as well. I'll be back in the hot seat for Mark <laughs> Dolan tonight on Friday at nine. Whatever you do, keep it GB News. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.